0: You get your Bible, go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 22 and we're going to receive our tithes and offerings. One other date for you, and this may seem a long time away, but it's not. March 29th through 31st this year will be the men of iron. And some of you may say, what's that? Well, that's, oh my goodness, it's been going on almost 20 years now. Anywhere from 1,000 to 1,300 men are there. Uh, 50 plus churches will be represented. If you need a seed envelope, raise your hand. And so uh, that's for any men, 18 and above. I'm telling you, it's, it's three days of incredible move of God. So be planning. Just get throwing those out there so you can make yourself available to those. Okay. Matthew 22. Let's begin in verse number 17. And it says, Tell us this, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, why do you test me, you hypocrites? And he knew this, if he said yes, he would lose the favor with the people because they hated the Roman domination. But if he said no, you know what they would do? They would turn him to the authorities. So Jesus, he understood that and that's why he said this to him. Verse 19, he said, show me the tax money. So they brought him a Daenerys, and he said to them, whose image and his description on this? And they said to him, Caesar's. And he said them, to them, render, render to them. And that word remender, render there means to give what is due. And he said, give to what is there due to Caesar the things that are to Caesar's, and to God the things that are God. Now, he's telling us here that you've got to give to the government what is due as a citizen. And he's telling us here that you, you need to t- pay due respect to Father God also. The Amplified says where it says give, it says pay to Caesar what is his and pay to God what is God's. And as I looked at this, I begin to think about this, that as, as a citizen of the United States, there's, there's certain benefits that I really like and it's because that you pay your taxes. Now, the government is this smart. You know what they do? They take it out of your paycheck. You know why? Because they know if they did, not a lot of us wouldn't pay it. So they got you. They got you right where they want you. But the kingdom of God, guys, if I want the benefits of the kingdom, I must invest in the kingdom. Now the thing about God is he's not going to make you do it. He's not like the government. How many of you have ever seen the bumper sticker that said, if 10% is good enough for Uncle Sam, it's, it's, or for God, it's got to be good enough for Uncle Sam? And so I look at this and I think, it's it's not a stress, it's not a strain for me to give to God. I love to do it. And one thing I hear, people that honor God and they tithe, you know what they'll say? I'm blessed. I thank God I get to do it. But the ones who don't, you know what they always say? I can't afford to. I can't afford to. Now, I've been there, guys, where I've been on both sides of that fence. And I said, I can't afford to. And and thank God I had an older man who said to me, he said, Listen, you've got to make that priority in your life. He said, I don't care if you come to church once a month, whatever. He said, When you come, you learn to honor God. And he said, I'm trying to help you here. And and that's always stuck to me. And so there's been times in my life where we said, We're going to honor God first and foremost. And when I do this, guys, I'm going to tell you, the windows of heaven are open. There's a blessing upon your life, okay? And I'm not saying that I was a tither long before I was in the ministry, guys. If I wasn't in the ministry, I'd still be tithing, I promise you. And so it's easy to pray blessings upon your life when you're a tither, man. There's things that happen, okay? All right, let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity just to give, and we ask your blessing tonight, Father. You said there in Psalm 512, you bless the righteous and your favor surrounds us like a shield. And so we thank you for that blessing tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Well, praise God. I like this time of year. You know, here we are coming into Thanksgiving and the holiday season. And so, you know, if you're not careful, guys, with the words of your mouth, you can cause this type, of, uh, this type of season or this time of the season to be very down. And a lot of times people will say this, I hate Christmas. I and begin to say, thank God. Thank God. Thank God for Thanksgiving. Thank God for Christmas. I'm going to enjoy it this year. Amen? All right, go with me to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 17. We've been talking about the words of our mouth for, I don't know, two months. And we may be done tonight, I don't know, let's just see how far we get. But you know, they say in the natural, anything you do for 21 straight days, it'll become a habit. And so I thought, well, you know what, we're just going to teach on our words for 21 straight weeks. No, I don't know how close we did. But I look at it this way, I I think what happens when we continually get our minds transformed to this, Lord, our guys, and we begin to hear the importance of the words you're speaking, man, that'll begin to get on the inside of you. And that's why I mention these connect groups, these Bible studies to make yourself available to. I I don't know about you guys, but in my life, I'm a Word of God junkie. i got to get my fix of the Word of God. Man, I love the Word of God. And so that's so important for every one of us, that you get the things of God into you every day. I like to say it this way. You get into God's Word, and God will start getting into you. And oh, man. When that starts happening, you start acting like God, you start talking like God, you start just living like God, and some of you say, no, 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 well, God said there in, in Genesis 1, He said, I've created you in my likeness and my image, so you know what, I might as well act like my Heavenly Father. Now, it starts from the Word of God. To fully understand God, start reading the Word, and you'll understand His heart, His character, everything. Now, let's begin here, I told you, I love the Proverbs. Proverbs 17, verse 27. He who has knowledge spares his words. He who has knowledge spares his words. Now, as I read that, this is the thought that comes. i got to watch my language. And I'm not talking about curse words. I'm talking about speaking doubt and unbelief. Watch your language. Now, in the message in 1 Timothy 1, eight, this is just in the message, it says it's not just the way you say it and to whom you say it that are as important as what you say. So, oh man, when we begin to see this, you're going to see the importance on the things we say. Now, if you were here last week, remember we talked about that when Isaiah, he pronounced the blessing on Jacob it was so important what he said. Now when I think about that, that he said, I bless you, I bless you. Well, in our lives, we bless or we curse the same way. Now the blessing can't be the blessing until it's spoken. And so here he gives us an insight. He says, he who has knowledge spares his words. And a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. He's a man of understanding. So he's telling us here that one that limits his speech, one that does not just become very flighty or just says whatever comes up immediately, I'm going to tell you this is how we identify a fool is what he's talking about. And so, my words, I must make them where they're very choice words. And one of the ways we do that is we've got to start asking God, Lord, you need to help me. Help me here. Now, look what he goes on to say in chapter 18, verse number 6. A fool's lips enter into contention. One translation says a fool's lips bring contention. And his mouth... Calls for blows. Now, when I read that in one other translation, it says that his mouth invites a beating. And I looked at that and I thought, Oh Lord, now look at these. And he's talking about here a fool. And it's interesting, when he starts talking about a fool, he brings up so much is is sprung off of our mouth, our speech. Verse 7. A fool's mouth is his destruction. What did he say was his destruction? A fool's mouth. It's a stumbling block. And when I look at the word destruction there, it means he will be ruined by the words that he allows to come out of his mouth. And his lips are a snare of his soul. And so when you, you think about this, your lips can entrap you. They can lead you to things that you don't want. Verse 8, the words of a tail barrier, and that word talebearer means a gossip, a slanderer, or a complainer, are like tasty trifles. And you know what that means? They're like wounds that they go down into the inmost part of your body or the rooms of your belly. And so right here is just a wealth of information to me. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to be identified by a fool. Well, he says here some things that you've got to begin to do. And one of the ways you're defined is a complainer. Now, once again, we're going to get over that too a little bit. And I can't become a complainer. I can't do those things and think that it's okay. Now, for time's sake, let's just jump on over to chapter 18, where we are, and verse 20. Let's move ahead here just a little bit. if you were here two months ago, this was probably one of the, the first passages we went over. Look at this. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the fruit of whose mouth? Of his mouth. In other words, of my mouth. Of your mouth. From the produce of my lips, he shall be filled. Proverbs 18, 21. Life and death or death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, we might as well get real personal tonight and say that life and death are in the power of my tongue. And I want you to think about this verse. Just fear for a little bit, meditate on this and think this way. This means that me and you, we go through life with awesome power. Power. Right here. Right here. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And so I believe that he's saying here that the the power that I have in my tongue can be fire. It can be electricity. Now either one of those, fire or electricity, they can either be a blessing to you or they can be a curse to you depending on how they're used. And so think about this right here when we talk about with our words, with your words. Life and death are in the power of my tongue. Now I like this illustration and I probably used it several weeks ago. But let's just say we're sitting here tonight and Jesus comes strolling in. And Jesus comes down here and he taps Ernest on the shoulder and says, Ernest, from this day forward I'm going to grant to you everything you say exactly as you say it. Do you believe it'd change your words? We all nod that way. And I, it, it probably if Jesus comes strolling in tonight, I don't know what it'd do to all of us. I welcome that day. But I think right here with the Word of God, He's telling us the same thing to his, through His Word. And so, you know, if, if everything from this day forward was, was on dependent upon the words that I speak... I'm not gonna start saying, I got a sorry marriage. I'm not gonna say, man, my 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 boss is sorry. I'm not gonna say, man, we're always broke. We never have enough. Now, see, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Now look what he goes on to say. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, you know what is referring to here? The power of the tongues. The words I've said, and so our words here become self fulfilling prophecies for every one of us. And my words will either build up or my words will tear down because my words are seeds, guys. Every time I'm speaking, I am sending forth seeds. And the words that I speak out of my mouth, they take on a life or identity of their own. Now, when I think about that, guys, and I I love to tinker around with the garden. But when I plant my garden, guys, I plant specifically. What do you mean? Well, I know when I plant this row that everything in that row is going to be green beans. And everything in this row is going to be tomatoes. And so I don't go out there and just think, hey, I'll throw them out there and they'll come up wherever they want. No. You plant tomatoes, guys, you're not going to get corn. Okay? It's not going to happen. So the thing is, I'm showing you and through the word, is this is what he's telling us. That all day long, you're planting seed. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Now, I, I probably need to go on, but I'm going to go ahead and share this. Verse 22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Now, once again, when I read that verse, I like that, that all of you who've got a wife, you've found a good thing and you've obtained favor of the Lord. But for years, you know what, that verse would dumbfound me. I'd sit there and look at it and I'd think, he's talking about life and death and the power of the tongue, and all of a sudden he gets over onto marriage, and you know, one day I saw it in a commentary I was reading, and you know what it said? Now, get this. Your marriage will never be any better than the words you speak over it. Then we can all say amen or we can say oh me. Thank you for a few amens and some you say oh. So the point is, listen, I don't know what you've been speaking in those areas, even in this area, but it's very important that we get a hold of this. Very important. Now, while you're there, go over just a couple pages here to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 Ecclesiastes 5 and this is where we're going to look at next and just see what the word of God says verse number 1 walk prudently in other words guard your steps when you go to the house of God and draw near to hear rather than give the sacrifice of fools for they do not know that they do evil Mm, look here in verse 2 do not be rash with your mouth that word rash means hasty or quick actually in Ecclesiastes 3 7 it says there's a time to be silent and a time to speak James 1 19 says be swift to hear and slow to speak so something happens here guys and I believe when I read all those that he's telling us don't be rash don't just speak off the cuff in other words Be very selective with the words that you allow to come out of your mouth because it must be that important. Do not be rash with your mouth and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven and you on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. Mm. Wow. Let my words be few. Let your words be few. For a dream comes through much activity. And look again here. A fool's voice is known or revealed by his many words. Now I looked at this over and over. Back there in Proverbs we saw the fool, the fool, the fool. And so I'm going to tell you, if you talk a lot, you're probably going to be branded a fool. I don't care who you are, you can put my name in there. And this is why he's telling us this. Keep reading, verse 4. When you make a vow to God, and how do you make a vow to God? With the words out of your mouth. Do not delay to pay it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you have vowed. In other words, do not permit your mouth to make rash vows that you cannot keep. Why? Well, look what he says very next. Better not to vow than to vow and not pay. And do not let your mouth cause your flesh to sin. Interesting, huh? So the things that I speak out of my mouth can cause a chain reaction with my flesh? Uh huh. Because you know what happens? Your mouth will begin to say things, and before long, you'll begin to obey them. You'll begin to do them. Period. Whoever you are. Keep reading. Do not let your mouth cause your flesh to sin, nor say before the messenger of God that it was an error or a mistake. Why should God be angry at your excuse or your voice and to destroy the works of your hands? For in the multitudes of dreams and many words there is also vanity. And the word vanity means useless, but fear God. And so when I look at this, I begin to think that my nature is revealed by the words that come out of my mouth. My disposition is even revealed that way. And so what happens is, that the kind of person that I am, will ultimately come out of my voice. It'll come out of my speech. And that's why I started with, watch your language. Watch the words you speak very carefully, okay? Be careful. And one of the keys, guys, is that I stay in agreement with Father God. I find out what the Word of God says, because you know what? God's Word never changes, ever. Now, let's go into the New Testament the rest of the night. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And as you're you're turning there, there was this doctor in the medical field, and he was having incredible, incredible results with his patients. I mean, unbelievable. And so they invited him. To come speak at this big doctor's conference to share his secrets. And so all these doctors were there thinking they're getting ready to hear the latest and greatest technology, everything that's doing. And this doctor got up and he said this, the secret to the success I have is one of the things that I recommend every one of my patients that anytime they're alive or awake, I mean, not alive, but awake, one time every hour, They must say over themselves, I'm getting better. And all these doctors have come thousands of miles to hear this. And they all looked at him, but you know what? He was very sincere because this guy began to understand, if I can get them to start saying that over themselves, something will be happening on the inside. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. My body is recovering. And so all that begins to happen, guys, is so much of what happens on the inside of us is dictated by the words out of our mouth. You start talking about, man, I, I, got, I got terrible headaches. I got terrible headaches. I got terrible headaches. I, whew, I got all, I've always got a migraine. I got, I'm going to tell you right now, you might as well get ready. Because you're calling those things that be not as though they are. You are prophesying to yourself. 1 Corinthians 10. Begin with me here. And I'm just going to read one little verse, and then I'm going to move verse 6. Now these things become our examples. These things become our warnings. Now actually there's five of these in here, but I'm only going to read the fifth one tonight. And the fifth one is found in verse number 10, and it says, Nor complain, nor complain, nor grumble, nor murmur, as some of them also complained. And so this is one of the things that he's saying, and he's talking about the Israelites. And one of the reasons they never entered the promised land is because they were complainers. How do you complain? Out of of your mouth. Now let me ask you something tonight. Every one of us know how to complain. Every one of us know how to do this. But how many of you took classes on how to complain? Complaining is self-taught. I mean, I don't run into people at Walmart and they say, Pastor, i got go to go to Complaining 101 tonight. I've I got advanced complaining. But what happens is when we continue complaining, we continue complaining, before long, you can have a Ph.D. in complaining. And, and the point is this, that we are self-taught complainers, so why can't we be self-taught Blessers, thankers, grateful. Oh, thank you, Father God, that I'm not a complainer. I'm grateful. The words out of my mouth are blessed, edifying, encouraging. And so it's just beginning to become very aware of what you're saying. And God will help every one of us. You want to locate yourself? Just listen to what you're saying. And so he warns right here about complaining. Now look what, what goes on here. He says, nor complain as some of them also complain, and were destroyed by the destroyer. So complaining will open up the door to my life and your life to destruction. You keep complaining. That's why in Philippians 2.14, the Apostle Paul said, do all things without complaining. Why? He understood the power of our voice, the power of our, our words, and you authorize things... By the words of your mouth. And so he said they opened the, the, the doors to the destroyer. Verse 11. Now all these things happened to them as examples. And they were written for our admonition. They were written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Now this is a warning to each one of us, that I don't care who we are, we're not exempt. I can't be naive to this, and he said that that whoever stands, pay attention. Now as I looked at that, you know what I thought about right here? That right now in your life, you may not be a complainer, but you better keep seeking God, and keep speaking the word over God, or just keep speaking the word over your life, because in our society, it's very easy To fall in that river of complaining. I mean all you got to do is listen to people and you hear it daily, 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 daily. I hate my job. Well who's the one who applied for the job? You did. I hate my house. Well who's the one who bought the house? See we complain when we're not married and then we get married and then we complain because we're married. And then we have a house and we're mad so we want a bigger house. But now i got to clean that house. And so we begin to complain. And people say, well, you know what? I don't just want one oven. I want two ovens. Well, why do you want two ovens? Well, I can cook more. Then they start cooking more and they complain. I don't know why I did this. See, it's very easy to get in this pattern right here. And before long, man, this stuff begins to sit on us. Now, Paul's telling this to us as believers. Just like God wanted the best for the Israelites, he wants the the, the best for us. But so many times, we limit him, and this was one of the ways. Turn a couple pages to 2 Corinthians 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. we got to let this get on the inside of us, guys. Just saturate ourselves with this. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13. And since we have the same spirit of faith, uh, one translation says, "We've obtained like precious faith, since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written." Now, I want you to think about that. Just ponder that. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, so this ought to tell me something right here—that my faith is based on the Bible, that my faith is based on the Word of God. And something always happened. when I believe the Word of God, I speak the Word of God. Ultimately, I'm going to obtain what the Word of God says. And so here you've got to understand, if our faith is based on the Word of God, then I better start speaking the Word of God. Continually, continually, continually say what the Word says. Now, he says, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore we speak. So our believing has got to be based on the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. But not only do I hear the Word, to go ahead and kick it into gear, I begin to speak it. And I keep speaking, and I keep speaking, and I keep speaking it. And some of you might as well get ready. You're going to speak the Word of God the rest of your life. And I don't say that negatively. I say that that's a blessing that I begin to get a hold of what God says right here in the Bible. Now, think about this illustration. 1 John 5.14 says that whatsoever overcomes the world, or whatsoever is born of God, overcomes the world. Whatsoever is born of God, overcomes the world. Now, if you're born of God, you've given your heart to Jesus then you need to start saying, I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. And all you're doing is getting into agreement. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. But what happens a lot of times, many people will say, well, I don't feel like it. But if you look at 1 John 5, 14, nowhere in there did it say, if you feel like it. I can't go by my feelings, guys. If I went by my feelings, man, my feelings are fickle. Today, already, I've been hot and cold. I've been up and down, man. I'm just, and so my feelings are, they're, they're false. Some people would say, well, I don't look like an overcomer. But that verse didn't say nothing about how you feel or how you look. And so you begin to speak it by faith. And there's times in my life I begin to speak the word of God, and there was no faith when I first started doing it. But as I continually said it, and I continually said it, the word of God, which shall not return void, it began to be like a root. And it began to get down in my heart. And before long, I started saying the word so much that I actually started believing it. I began to speak it. I mean, I thank you, Father God. I thank you. Your word's working in me. I thank you. I thank you. I believe the scriptures, guys, that God blesses me the righteous, that His favor surrounds me like a shield. Let me tell you what I did a couple of weeks ago a young man in our church who who goes to Monterey and he's in their band and they're playing in the Rose Bowl and so he was selling raffle tickets and I said what are you selling a raffle ticket to for and he said a brand new Lexus I looked and said really and he said yeah and I said how much are those raffle tickets and he said 50 bucks and I thought wow and so we bought them we bought one now This is just how much I believe God, guys. I just said, thank you, Lord. Somebody's got to win that. Hallelujah. I'm your billboard, man. So I go and watch some of our our kids play in the band. We had a couple of them playing football that night. My grandson's with me, and it's getting real cold. And then I think, we're not going to make it past halftime. So I'm sitting up there, and I look down. All of a sudden... They pull out on the track this brand new Lexus. I didn't know they were giving it away that night. And I looked and I said to my grandson, I said, there's Poppy's new Lexus. (laughs) I'm serious. And so I said, we're not leaving until after halftime, buddy. So I'm sitting there and they play and it's freezing and getting colder. And I'm like, oh, Lord, hurry up and do this. I got to get that so I can tell Shelly, come get her new car. So they said the big moment, and they pull out the ticket, and I didn't win. And some of you say, you didn't? I said, no, but you know what? I looked at and I said, eh, God blesses me. He takes care of me. God's got better things for me. And the reason I tell you that, guys, I expect stuff like that. I'm serious. I think I'm a child of God. He wants to bless me. And so part of that is not only my speaking. I believe that. I, I really do. I've been in situations, guys, in jobs where they would have raffles. They would have drawings. And you know what the guys that worked with me said? He's going to win. Talking about me. They said, every time we have drawings for this, he wins. I won one-year TVs. I won plane tickets. And so I just keep speaking that over me, boys. I'll get an agreement with you. And so... It began to happen. It would happen over and over and over and over. It's not because I'm special. No, pastor, you're not special. You're retarded. No, I'm not. I just believe God. I think, you know what? When I read these things nowadays, I realize I'm an overcomer. You're an overcomer. And you got to start seeing yourself that way. Start speaking. Begin to find Scripture on the Word of God that pertains to you. Now, this is what I need to understand and you need to know. You are a gate opener. And gate opening, guys, is not optional. You're going to either open the gate to blessings, or you're going to open the gate to curses. That's what Proverbs 18, 21. So you're a gate opener. And guess what the blessing is? You choose. You choose. Life and death are in the power of my tongue. And so when you begin to look at all this, these are spiritual laws. This is what Father God has put into motion. And so I must retain the standard of the Word of God and keep saying it. And keep saying it and keep saying it and keep saying it. Now I can tell you this right now, in my own life, and many of you have heard this over and over, but I'm going to say it again. When I fought the addiction of alcohol, I began to speak the Word of God, guys. And you've heard me say I made those little three-by-five cards because it became so real to me. Colossians 1, 13, He has delivered me out of the power of darkness. Now, all I begin to do is say the word of God. That's what God said. He has delivered me out of the power of darkness. And so you know what I did? I begin to say, I thank you, Jesus, that you have delivered me out of the power of alcohol. Woo, I thank you today. I thank you. Now, everything in my life when I started speaking of that, It didn't appear real at all. I didn't look like I had been delivered. I didn't feel like I had been delivered. And I sure didn't act like I'd been delivered. You know why I can say that? Because I was still drinking and drinking hard. But oh, I kept speaking the word. I kept speaking the word. I kept speaking the word. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you. I've been delivered from the power of alcohol. I would look at myself in the mirror and I'd say, you're delivered. You're delivered. And i tell my, my body, my mind, everything within me, you line up with the Word of God. Now here's what I want you to know. From the time I started speaking of that until I walked totally in freedom where I was drinking zero. Not four days, guys. Four years. Four years. Now am I telling you that it's going to take you four years? No, I'm not telling you that. Because I'm going to tell you, some of you will get a hold of the Word of God like a bulldog and you'll bite down on that. And you say, I'm not going to let go. You've got that bulldog faith. But what I am telling you, that I don't care if it takes four years, 14 years, you've got to keep speaking the Word. And so daily, day. I had those cards on my dash. I'd put them in my pocket on the refrigerator on the mirror. Pastor, did you see any, any victory? I did. I did, guys. You've got to realize someone who drank every day like I did, I, I started going every other day. That was huge. See, I know what so many of you are going, going through. You know, I had one of the guys from the faith center one night, and he said, I can relate to you. And I said, How can you relate to me? And he said, We got a lot in common. And he started telling me all the problems in his life, and I thought, Yo, bro, yeah, we got a lot in common here. Let's, you know, Hallelujah. But what I realized is, you know what? He began to understand the Word of God will work for him too. Well, it will. And then before long, you know what? I went a week. Oh, that was, that was shouting. That was shouting. Me and Shelly went out. Man, we celebrated. I took her to Dairy Queen and we supersized everything. Hallelujah. That's how we'd celebrate. And then before long, it was a month. And then before long, a year. And guess what? You get to see a guy now who, I'm going to tell you, when people tell me the Word of God doesn't work, you're too late. Too late. I've seen it happen. over And so just how that worked in the area of my life concerning being set free from alcohol, it works in every area of my life. And it'll work in your life, but you've got to hook up. And, and, and listen to the things of God, guys. You can't, you can't try the things of God. You just do them. Some of you got to get out of the shallow end. Like Jesus said there in Luke 5, he said, boy, you got to come out in the deep end. Well, you know what happens in the deep end? You go all the way under and you say, I'm all in, God. I'm all in. And that's what God's wanting. See, you'll never be a well water walker as long as you sit in the boat. you got to start speaking the word of God. Start speaking it and believing it and say, okay, Father God. And sometimes I love that. Where I just begin to speak the word. And I speak the word. And I speak the word. And when I see God start moving. I'm telling you. I I will get so tickled. I'll laugh on the inside. I Thank God. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. We better get moving here. Hallelujah. Now. I don't know if this.